Good morning, everyone, live from New York. It's happy Thanksgiving edition of Office Hours, and I'm so excited to be here. Welcome back, Mikey D, the diamond man himself. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Day early. Happy so Thanksgiving. And I, I'm so grateful for you in my life and uh, grateful for this show. Uh, you need to call me because I got some even more great news about this show and what we're doing and the streaming opportunities that we have. So, Bobby, how are you? Welcome, Bobby Goshall, founder and CEO of Carrot. And uh, you guys. Great uh, to be on the show. Thank you, David. Good to meet you, Mike. And um, happy Thanksgiving to, to both of you. What an amazing time of year. Yeah, amazing. And we're coming up on an even more amazing time of year, which is the drop till you shop uh, period from Thanksgiving <laughs> till New Year's. And shopping. I have three daughters and a wife. So uh, I've seen the evolution of shopping here over the 24 years or more that I've been married here. So, uh, it's interesting though because there's so many more uh platforms uh that can be utilized and uh you guys had launched a new uh browser extension uh that helps my daughters shop more or better and so i was hoping you could give us a little bit of background on carrot 100 percent. um so the idea for carrot interestingly uh came uh to me and my business partner this time last year, because I bought I bought this house that I'm in uh, Black Friday weekend last year, and I was inundated with all the inbound emails, text messages, uh, phone calls, you know, link after link after link of, hey, wouldn't this sofa look really good in this room or this table runner for this table? And for the first time, I felt this thing that most people feel when they shop, but I never paid attention to it. So I had a vuja day moment, right? This is like a very thing. <laughs> this is a thing that we all experience, but I looked at it with fresh eyes. Um, and I, I, I had so much anxiety around shopping last Black Friday weekend um, that it kind of occurred to me that there's a, a key thing missing in online shopping, specifically in your browser, which is um, as I add products to cart, and no, no doubt your daughters shop this way, no doubt hundreds of millions of people shop this way, they find products they love, the marketers did their job, the ad worked, the copy worked, the product images worked, the price was just right, you love the product as a consumer, you added to cart and then you don't buy it, right? And the reason you don't buy it is not because you're not interested anymore. It's because you're still shopping. You're still shop hopping. You're going to the next thing that you want and you're collecting all these products in your browser in tens, maybe 20, hundreds of tabs sometimes. Um, and what we've done with Carrot is we've basically said, hey, people shop this way already. So let's give them a way uh, to make this process easier. As you add products to cart, Carrot automatically saves that product in your browser in a visual feed, one click away, in a browser extension, automatically. You don't have to tell Carrot uh, to do this. Carrot will automatically do it. And what this does, David, is it allows people to go between stores and have a single unified fabric across all these stores to look at all these products that they're, that they're considering get back to them uh, very quickly uh, and share the products with friends and family with one link, not 30 links. That's so smart. I have a question. You went from healthcare to carrot. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. That's a um, weird over a bit of frustration over shopping, you changed your whole pivoted and that. So tell us about that. Cause that's really like healthcare, then carrot. 
How's that happen? Yeah, in, interestingly, before this, I co-founded a company uh, with a, a small group of people and someone you might know, uh, Nick Greenfield. Um, yeah. And uh, it's a company called Candid, uh, where we straighten your teeth. Part of what I did at Candid uh, was yeah, exactly, Mike, you're, you're 100%. It's a great question. It really is. <laughs> we, um, both, we both know Candid, too. And I was like, yeah. this must be, I thought my guys gave me bad notes. I'm like, no, 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 this dude wasn't with Candid. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is this is one of the, like, life is weird. You go down different rabbit holes, you know? Um, where I am. Life is really weird. Life is weird. Like, People are diamond. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. So, so the reason, so Carrot, um, Carrot, came out of another kind of B2B issue that I had at my last company at Candid, where we noticed how much money. So we were pouring millions of dollars into advertising, getting people to our site, getting them interested in the product, selling them on the product, all the things I said before. And then we noticed all these people signaled their intent to want to buy, but we had no clean way to get them back to the site to buy at the opportune moment. Right. And so 30, 40% of our ads budget back, you know, 2019, 2020 was going toward um, getting customers back to the site, right? So that's basically, I mean, we, we look at that and we say, well, is it that people have forgotten about us? Are more emails going to help? Are more display ads going to help? No, I think people want a product where uh, in, in their browser, where they can get into a shopping mindset and look at all the things that they're considering uh, and for brands to be able to reach those people on these platforms uh, in a more nuanced, sophisticated way, as opposed to a brute force way, which is what we do today through, you know, display ads that no one ever clicks. We, we've learned to tune out ads at this point and emails that I may or may not have as a brand, but as a customer, I know I don't want to get bombarded by those emails. And so, yeah, like that, that was kind of the, the fusion of my, my candid experience into carrot was as a consumer, I felt the pain, but as a business owner, um, and having spent millions of dollars on advertising, I also felt the pain there. And I saw this. It's very few opportunities on on the internet that are obvious, solve a business problem and a customer problem, right? And there's no clear innovation in that space. And there's a desperate need, hair on fire need for for people uh, in that space. And Carrot, to me, was just like one of those ideas. You know, it's amazing, Bobby. Well, first of all, we got a big lead for you over there in the notes. So make sure you get a copy of that number to text the uh, guy who wants to do your, you know, I'm getting to the pragmatic in this interview. So the corporate decision makers, he's going to put you in front of that. Their specialty is abandonment of shopping carts. So yeah. uh, th this stuff works. Uh, I, I love that, but I'm going to get granular on you because yeah, you know, I'm an awareness person. I believe you can only be aware of that, which vibrates equal to or less than you. And so I think there's, you know, not, not to discourage people, but to encourage them. There's millions of opportunities like this. We're just, in interfering with our awareness to these opportunities to make it better. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for, for me, yeah. um, the issue uh, becomes when we become aware of something that lights our hair on fire, how did, how did you, right? You're in a whole nother world. And I think this is Mike, we went after the why. I think a lot of people need, just need to know how, you know, your mindset and handset work together to say, okay, dude, my hair's on fire. I got a great company with Candid, but this is huge. So what steps did you take to, you know, get this to be a business, not just, oh, I should have done that 10 years ago. I thought of that when I was working with Candid and I was too busy with my three kids, my new house and Candid to take advantage of a multi-billion dollar opportunity. Yeah. 
Um, I, I will say that the, the, there is one caveat here, which is I left Candid. I had a, a, a kid in 2019, decided okay. in 2020 to leave Candid. So I, I, I was split from that. Um, but, but regardless, uh, when you come up with a good idea, whether you're with some, everyone has. Yeah, it's such a it's 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 a really important question. This is not this, this is one of those things where you tell someone, oh, your best ideas will come to you in those moments. The lightning bolts of inspirations will 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 hit you in moments that you won't expect, and you just kind of need need to lean into those moments because they are few and far between. But when they hit you, they deserve your respect and your attention. Um, and that is something I've had to learn personally how to do over the last two decades of learning how to work, uh, right? This is this is not, I don't think there's like a magic bullet secret form formula for something like this. This is literally one of those things where like when you, when you feel anxious, for me personally, the leveling of anxiety was so overwhelming in something that I thought I understood really well um, that it, it, it confounded me and it forced me to take a step back because I've kind of trained mentally to do that as a technologist, as a product person. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's, um, you know, th there's probably a lot of content um, online uh, that, that could help people get into the mindset. For me, it's really as simple as, I, I don't think it's a magic bullet and I don't think it's simple, but I think it is as simple as deciding that this, when when I have an issue, I need to take take a step back and notice it and respect it. And then have the faith and the confidence to say, I could be like any one of the hundreds of thousands of people who have a better idea. And all I need from that point on is to execute. I need to have the confidence. I need to I need to think it through. And then I need to move forward and execute. That's what separates, you know, the, me, not necessarily me, but me from from the rest is that I saw the idea, but then I took the next step. I talked to my wife about it. I said, have you seen a thing that saves your cart on your, you know, as you shop? She said, no. I called up some friends at Google. They said they'd never seen it. I called up a couple friends like Nick. I was like, have you seen this? He said, no, but if you build this company, I want to invest in it. And, you know, that's what I, you know, and that's, that's what kind of generated that confidence. It's like, okay, clearly there's something here, right? This feels too obvious. Um, and so I, I, I went down that rabbit hole and, and came out the other side. Beautiful. I have a question. So when you make, because a lot of people don't realize it's 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration, they get stuck on, I got this idea, but they don't know how to execute it all. When you go into that mindset of like the entrepreneur to create, do you have a core group of like direct mentors or indirect mentors that you go to that you can bounce the ideas off, that give you the honest constructive criticism so you're not optimistically delusional as well? Because some people go, I'm going to do this, yes. or I'm going to be Dave Melser, and I'm going to be Bobby Rucarat, and they have no idea how to close the gap. They, it's just here, but they, the process is you know, not there. How do you such a, such a good, Such an important uh, question. Honestly, this is, this is um, one of the things I've, I've had to learn as well, is when you have a good idea, you want to go to the cynics. You can learn a lot from cynics. But what you don't want to do is be so... Um, directive to people who would kill this germ of an idea that's not even really had a chance to seed. You haven't fully thought it through, but you want people to challenge the precepts and you want to go to people who are smart people, not necessarily who are experts in the thing that you want to build. Actually, I would, I might even argue you probably don't want to speak to experts first because they know too much. And I mean that in a bad way, like it is possible to be so mired and so cynical because you've seen too much of this already. Right. Like if you're 
many VCs out there, right? I didn't start by talking to VCs, by the way, right? Like I, I because many VCs get pitched stuff all the time and they've got this suit of armor, uh, right? That they wear on themselves. And they, they basically think most things are BS anyway. Um, and so they might look at you the same way and that might shatter your confidence. What you do want though is smart friends. You want to go to people in your network that have a history of executing, that have a history of uh, challenging, uh, that have a history of building something new and the ability to take something from an idea to a thing. Whether or not it's successful, that is a separate thing. But the thing I do personally is when I love something so much, right, this is something I learned from, from Nick actually, which is if you fall in love with an idea, wait for 30 days and see how you feel about that idea after 30 days. Now, Carrot was last Thanksgiving at the end of December. So I thought about it all month. At the end of last December, I, I realized this is something I wanted to build. Uh, and I took the time uh, with my, my business partner to build it. But between Thanksgiving and December, I spoke to a number of people about this idea. I called people who might even be competitive with me to get a sense of what they thought about the idea, right? And and I allowed them to kind of challenge a lot of my thinking and I learned a lot through the process. So I do think Mike, you're, it's, such a, it's such a great point. You don't wanna to go to people who will just beat the drums you want them to beat, right? Because it will, you will have bad ideas. In fact, most of your ideas will be bad. Uh, the question is, do you take the moment, do you take the time to kind of sit back, think about the business model, think about the product, think about the user, um, right? The user experience combine those two, those three things, and then move forward uh, with confidence on those three fronts. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, Bobby, it's so interesting because I was with the uh, founder of Netflix and, you know, he always says, all of our ideas are bad ideas. We have to allow them to evolve into a good idea. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think, two, uh, you know, kick Nick in the butt for me for not calling me on this deal uh you know to invest because it, it is <laughs> it has evolved into those uh those 30 days it's evolved into a really good idea and in, in very investable business with good in, in entrepreneur we have one minute because adam's waiting in the green room i'm going to ask a, a sideways question of you because i found it extremely important as you would say you caught yourself when mike asked this question you were about to say that's a good question and you sh you shifted and you purposefully said that's an important question yes what was your what was your reasoning beside behind switching the vernacular because that's something that i would have switched to from good to important um well uh it's yeah it, it's not it's not hard to ask good questions if you interview people all day you speak to people all day and your job is to ask questions it's the breakthroughs the insights that will change someone's life and perspective that are more more important than good. Uh, yeah. And I think this is a more important than good question. It's a good question. It's a great question. But there have been many good questions on this call and on this on this uh, live stream. But that was one that I felt, you know, was important because it's important that people understand that this is, you know, like you you can't hedge your time. You have to invest your time and you have to be smart about that. And and um you can't also drink your own Kool-Aid. It's really easy to have an idea and just hold it, hug it, and never build it. I know so many people like this, they just love their idea so much that it's too important to build, you know, because it might fail and, oh, I can't be that person. Yeah. Uh, this is an, an important question because it gets you out of that mindset to say, hey, this is not your only idea. You're going to have many ideas. Have confidence and trust yourself. 
but you need to put this in front of people, get perspective, move forward with confidence. Yeah, I had a guy that uh, I wouldn't sign an NDA. B big client offered me a ton of money, and I wouldn't, wouldn't sign an NDA. I didn't care. I, I go, I cannot, cannot in a vacuum. You know, Steve Hertz wrote a book, Don't Take Yes for an Answer. It's not going to work for me. So I, I always have to provide value. Uh, Bobby, yeah, yeah. man, if you have a second round or need anything, call me directly. I'd love to get involved. Uh, add to carrottop.com, revolutionizing the shopping cart. Uh, I just literally on the plane had that, you know, with the slower internet had that same problem. And I was like, geez, man, I wish there was something. And that's why I'm like, yeah, the universe doesn't mess around with coincidences. That's uh, right. Thank you so much. Uh, we look forward to more good ideas. Thank I'm you. Bobby Goshaw, founder and CEO of Carrot, add to carrot.com. Uh, this shopping season, don't get frustrated. Be intentional about your shopping. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye, Mike. Bye, David. Bye, Bye Bobby. Bye. Thank you. Merry, uh, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. I almost said Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas as well. Uh, coming from the Jew. All right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> all right, we'll bring Adam on. I'm in the goddamn hallway. What, what the hell do you want with me? All right, here we go. <laughs> Adam Shafir, yeah, president of Phelps United, uh, an omni-channel distribution and sourcing solution company. Uh, and just another unbelievable uh, platform uh, that is out there. Uh, Adam, welcome to Office Hours. Hey, thanks for having me today. This is exciting. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy, happy Thanksgiving to you. Where, where are you? It looks beautiful. Yeah, you know, um, interesting. Our company is based in uh, Costa Mesa, California, but I live in Miami, and I go back and forth, and we're always traveling, and I live in Miami, and there's no school today, guys. So I got some uh, kids inside, and I think it would be a wild meeting. That's, that's why Mike and I are hiding out because our kids are still sleeping, but uh, we, we feel you there. Give us a little bit of background on the, uh, on the company. Great. Well, uh, Phelps United is a parent. You said the name correctly, but the business we wanted to talk to you about today and the brand is Omnichannel Distribution. And Omnichannel Distribution um, is a company that helps manufacturers, brands sell and also navigate the very complex world, the very huge world of Amazon, Amazon Marketplace, about a $400 billion marketplace and growing rapidly with, uh, you know, no end in sight. That's amazing. So, ahead, so, so, sorry, sorry. So quote me if I'm correct, you, your company's doing 17 million from Amazon sales? Is that correct? So, I, I, did you say one seven or seven zero? Seven zero, yeah, seventy million dollars and growing each year, year over year. And wow. what we do is, uh, you know, we work with brands, brands, manufacturers, initially in technology, um, because that's kind of where we came from as a technology universe, and um, and from there into other categories like housewares and. Uh, uh, health and beauty, sporting goods. And, and it doesn't really matter the category. It matters about, you know, the ability to help a brand, you know, protect a brand and sell on Amazon because it's an ever-changing world. And, and, you know, we saw about 40 different brands working with 40 different manufacturers. And right now about 2,000 active products or SKUs, what Amazon would call ASINs. You know, yeah, I've worked with Amazon for a long, long time. Uh, my wife has had a very successful Amazon business, and it uh, 
situational knowledge in Amazon is so important, but there's this unbelievable competitor uh, to Amazon uh, as an Amazon distributor or, or someone who's selling on Amazon and the competitor is Amazon. And, you know, they're the best company at learning from their, their clients and taking their business. Uh, and so, you know, the longevity, uh, I've never seen a business where you have to stay on top of that situational knowledge. You literally have to evolve every day because there's an amazing amount of control that Amazon has because they have such enormous distribution. I still, um, Adam, don't think people understand. And I saw Mike's eyes pop out of his head when you said $70 million and it's going to be over $100 million next year. You know, I don't think people understand the size, the scope, and the scale of what world distribution means, or even what the United States distribution means. That you know, you, you, that's like a you know a peanut uh, in, in a bag of peanuts. It's it's so little, seventy million dollars. You you don't have that many products. You 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 know, it, it's amazing. Number one, how do you stay on top of as such a small? portion of such a big creature, how do you stay on top of that niche that you need to stay in, that situational knowledge that you need in order to continue to grow? Uh, and then two, you know, do you think people realize how big the market is? No, I don't. I mean, I don't. And, you know, and we also help uh, brands in other marketplaces like Walmart. But I mean, Amazon by far is the biggest Walmart is really coming up. And then there's others that are coming up. And it's, it's really a different way of of direct marketing these days, and you're right. I mean, what what, what business would your wife in? Or health saying? and beauty, health and beauty. So oh, okay. early distributor in you know hair care, skin care, things like that. What I don't think people understand being a customer. I think the customer, you know, they buy it on Amazon, they're going to get it. But there's two million what what we would call like your wife a three P or a third party seller on the platform on Amazon. And then there's Amazon, who they would call a 1P or a first party. So when Amazon buys from a manufacturer directly, that's the relationship, it's 1P. But then there's 2 million other small businesses, and some of them are large businesses. Uh, you maybe feel so small with 70 million, but um, you know when it comes to 3Ps, we're, you know, of, of those 2 million, probably the, in the top 100, 120, Ish. So we're kind of at the tip of that spear, um, you know, because it's so fragmented and small. But Amazon created a wonderful, wonderful place, even though friend or foe sometimes, you know, it's their world. And they gave us this platform and you got two million people working there and making a living with side hustles. But in most cases, a living. This is for people that are watching at home. Um so when you're dealing with a comp company that d doesn't know how to navigate the complex world of Amazon, what's what's the most frustrating thing you have to deal with to re-educate people of how it really works? Because it's such a political environment. People just think, I just put my products, I'm going to make a bunch of money, I'll make $70 million. You know, that's just doesn't work like that. So what's the first thing that you have to do to slow someone down and really change their perspective and, and give them this new information of how this really works. You know, you just put up products and it's a, it's a magic board sale. Well, you know, you have different kinds of, um, of, of companies wanting to sell on Amazon and presenting their products. Um, you have folks that sell other people's brands 
like a reseller or they might call them a wholesaler. And so it could be a popular brand that you know. Um, and in, in that case, you know, you could be competing against Amazon, which is a tough thing to do, or you can get an exclusive deal where you're selling a unique SKU. And then there's a very large portion that are private label creating their own products, importing much of it from, you know, offshore China in many places. And they're trying to be their next brand and they're trying to compete. And a few years ago, you know, it was difficult. Now it's become a much more professional environment where you've got to be good at every aspect of that business from the supply chain to being able to be a great marketer. And that's advertising and marketing on the Amazon platform and outside of the Amazon platform. And you need to be great at making sure that you have the best content, photographs, copy, videos, you need to create a social media network influencers to help because there's so much competition that you need to stand out from the crowd. And what's really important is you need to be so good that people buy you and leave a review where the brand itself used to be important. And it still is very important. I mean, Apple and Hewlett Packard, you know, people go and look for those brands. But when you're looking for a, a category of types of products, the reviews are everything. And if you have a product that goes head to head, you know, with a brand name that you've known for years and the, this private label product with a different brand has five stars and the name brand has three stars, the five star almost always wins. So that's a, a huge thing. Those reviews, and you have to be very careful on how you get those reviews because you can't be seen as overly soliciting um, and breaking the, you know, the the terms and conditions of that. So you have to be really careful with this. I can get you thrown out of the, of the game. You know, one of the other issues uh, with all very large companies, and I think it's the difference maker, is the communication of the company to companies like yours. Uh, because obviously the consumer facing experience is completely different and you know, whether you're Uber or Amazon, uh, but for companies like yours, being able to effectively communicate uh, to understand what's going on, what have some of the lessons been of that internal communication? Because I know from personal experience that a lot of people like you have been extremely frustrated trying to get answers on why things are blocked or why things are cut off or bad review should be whatever. So some unfair situation. The resolution is not quite as easy uh, as what Amazon's built on, which is, you know, the consumer facing side. They're probably customer service wise, you know, extremely efficient and effective. Well, I want to hang out with you. You know this. I mean, uh, you, you must have been quite involved with your wife's business because that's exactly it. And that's where we come into play. I mean, it, you know, can you imagine being a small business trying to create a product, a brand, and get it marketed and be investing your money and doing all the stuff. And then all of a sudden your product somehow gets delisted and blocked. And now you have to go and understand how to place cases, a case of, you know, a write-up that goes to some arbiter at Amazon somewhere in the, you know, uh, stratosphere somewhere. And they have to understand your case and you have to write it in a way that Amazonese that they get, and a lot of times they they you know they pull that skew before they have all the information 
and you got to sell it back on. And it could take a day, it could take a week, it could take a month, or maybe not. Sometimes it's a compliance issue where they want to see proof of, uh, it, it, you know, a hazmat issue or anything like that. And so that's hard to do because it, it's it's work, it's repetition, it's staying on it, it's escalation. That that could be one issue. Now, if you have 30, 40, 50 SKUs, you know, and one or two of them, that's a lot. Now, what happens when it's your best SKU? The 80-20 rule, you know, you have a, a couple of heroes and they block it. But that's tough to explain, but we help them and ultimately they get it. What's harder to explain is that they have products and, and Amazon has a wonderful program called uh, FBA, fulfilled uh, by Amazon. And that means that you're basically leveraging their warehouses throughout the country to store your goods and ship your goods. And they do all the work. So again, a person with three, a, a company with three people can actually not have to worry about that part of it. But they got to get the products there and they got to get the products there labeled correctly packaged right so they can put them on the shelf and that process um you got to understand because you can wind up getting fines or your products going wind up getting lost and you know then what do you do but what's worse is when you actually know all this stuff maybe it takes a little longer than it used to so when you've been forecasting your inventory to come in and now the ships are a little slower coming in, maybe a lot slower. And then once you get them, you got to assemble the stuff and sticker it and bag it and then ship it up there through their system. What used to take maybe 10 days could take um, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. Oh, my God, where is the stuff? And it's going to get there ultimately. But it could take longer. So, you know, that could be very frustrating. Yeah, but that's why they need people like you. Thank you so, so much, Adam. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, phelpsunited.com, sourcingsolutions.com. And omnichanneldistribution.com. And you guys have a great holiday. Thank you, Blaine. Let's post that up there too, omnichanneldistribution.com. It just rolls off the tongue. but I I will tell you from personal experience and uh, the size, scope, and scale of the opportunity is huge. We've run a multi-million dollar uh, FBA uh, Amazon business out of, our home uh, almost since the inception of Amazon. And uh, we have been through all the trials and tribulations, but still well worth it. And I give Amazon all the kudos in the world and Jeff Bezos especially. Uh, So thank you, Adam. Take care. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a great holiday. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. All right. We got Bruce Smith up next, the CEO and founder of Hydro. Hydro, right up my alley. I'm a C2 concept guy. So uh, welcome, Bruce. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? Very good. You, you know, my other friend, Bruce Smith, uh, also is a great football player uh, and is yes. in the fitness world. But, uh, you know, rowing is the craze. Uh, and it was just a matter of time until rowing was brought uh, forth into this new IT world. And so uh, I, I, like I said, one of the hardest items to get during COVID was my C2 concept rower. Yeah. I'm a huge rowing person for an all over body flexibility strain. I mean, just an incredible workout, uh, obviously. So wanted a little bit of background on how you got involved. Yeah. So I, you know, I started rowing in college at Miguel. I tried really hard to make the national team. I did not make the national team. 
And so it was this thing, it was like the monkey on my back. I could not uh, stop, you know, the rowing thing. And so I ended up coaching. Uh, I moved to Chicago. I built a couple of boathouses, um, coached a high school crew, coached a community crew, ended up coaching at Dartmouth for a couple of years. Then I ended up uh, going through the trial system in the United States. So I, I ended up, I did it, go to the world championships 10 times for the United States as a national team coach. And I was really like Peloton's so cool, you know, like what they did is amazing, but it's, it's bolting a screen onto an old device. And I was worried that, um, if a, if just like a regular, uh, fitness company started really, you know, selling rowing machines and telling people how great they were, that if they might get disconnected from the, the amazing, uh, experience of being out on the water. And so that's why we started hydro because we really want what happens out on the water to be accessible. And we, we want to bring the whole, like all, all of the benefits of rowing into your home. And I spent many, many millions of meters on the concept to myself also. And so had a deep appreciation for what that was, but it hasn't changed in like 50 years. So <laughs> yeah, we could really recreate the whole experience for you. It's, it's really fun. People, uh, people actually really like it. It's amazing. People don't understand how, how amazing rowing is for not just your whole body, but cardio and your mental health. And especially yeah. with like times like, you know, COVID and stuff like this, where you're locked down, to get on the rower and put out a few miles is unbelievable. So can you talk about that? Because a lot of people do not understand. I mean, you burn a lot of calories rowing, especially yeah. if you do it correctly. So we would get these amazing notes from doctors and nurses actually during COVID and they would come home and get on their hydro and it would be their, you know, their relief at the end of the day. It's, um, you have seven major muscle groups in your body. So if you sit on a, on a bike, you activate two out of those seven major muscle groups. If you are on a rowing machine, you activate six out of seven major muscle groups. It's just different. Nobody knows they have a posterior chain, you know, like uh, you all might, but it's not a commonly held, you know, but all of those back muscles, all of those core muscles, things that you just like actually never turn on, you know, unless you actively do something like rowing, it makes you feel great. It really, it, it has a, a different kind of impact than almost every other workout. I. People are so time starved, they need to make the most of their workout minutes. And rowing is one of the things that does that really, I think, you know, arguably the best. Yeah, I'm working with the very first uh, optimal health guy in the NBA, and he's my concierge doctor. And mm. when he found out that I've been rowing, you know, he just lit up. He said, I try to get all of my NBA guys to row, yeah. uh, you know, off season, especially or between games, just uh, just an incredible workout. But what really makes the hydro flow, uh, the hydro row, sorry, hydro. <laughs> uh, still that. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Um, but what makes it different, um, cause you know, you can make yourself equal, but in order to have that margin, you know, you guarantee the value of it. It's $50 a month. It's one of Oprah's favorite things as well. So that always carries weight. My friend, Brian Smith, by the way, his entire business was built off of Oprah, put him on his best things to buy for Christmas list. Uh, it's a small company called Ugg Boots and uh, Brian founded that yeah. and he was dying in, until Oprah put him on his list. Seriously, so, no, no, it was life goal. Like to yeah. be on Oprah's favorite things really was, I would, like, so rowers have this idea that it's like this super exclusive, like if you didn't go to a private school, if you didn't go to Harvard, Harvard thing, man, let's be yeah, honest. Right. Right? My, my siblings are all Ivy Leaguers yeah. and like yeah. rowing, no, tall, they don't lanky. do that at Occidental. You know? Yeah, no, no, tall, lanky, white dude, like, and, 
And it's not, it really, like it started, it was like a working class sport, you know, people bet on it, people made a lot, they were the original pro athletes. So it truly, like really, truly Oprah's favorite things was like something we used to joke about. That's so cool. Here we are. And 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 moreover, the reason is, is what makes it distinctive, why, why she loved it and why I think it's extraordinary is the immersive experience. You know, yeah. you, you really feel it, like, like you said, that I've been on plenty of, you know, ellipticals and, and treadmills and, of course, all the bikes that are out there now. And, you know, it's a bike. It's a stationary bike with the screen on it. And, yes, I do yeah. like the people who work out with me on the screen. That's cool. But the rower, your hydro, is an immersive. You have a 22-inch screen. You feel like you're on the water. What are some of the distinctive properties and characteristics that make us feel so immersed into the experience? Yeah, it's really, uh, it kind of makes like sweaty black boxes and studios obsolete, truthfully, because you're outside. Right? And it, that is actually one of the key pillars of health. You need to experience nature. And if you can't get into real nature, digital nature is actually a, a pretty good proxy. So you have uh, really great athletes on the screen and you have this amazing experience outside. And like, truthfully, like we don't control the outside. So you have mother nature and she's doing stuff. And so, uh, you know, we, we flipped in the water. Uh, there was a deer swimming across with like a giant, you know, rack swimming behind the boat, like just unexpected things happen. So every time you sit down on the, on the rowing machine on the hydro, you know that something unexpected is waiting for you. It's not the same thing. It's actually different and we don't know what it's going to be. So unexpected things happen all the time. And we really, you know, we highlight that. And it's a really big team out on the water. We have a ton of cameras, a ton of microphones, and it it creates that immersive overall experience. And it's actually, you know, it's patented, like Hydro patented that experience of broadcasting from the water to a rowing machine. So it's something you can only actually get it on Hydro. Wow. So cool. That's really cool. So where do you see the company going in the next five years? Because I mean, a lot of people are working from yeah. home, they're staying at home, you have the benefit of doing an all body workout that is very low impact, which people don't understand, you go out and run, you can bust your body up, you're on the rower, you know, destroy your body. So five years from now, where do you see the company going? Yeah, we see a real shift in the marketplace. And you see it in the in our numbers in our sales numbers. I think uh, five years from now, it's going to be hard to buy any kind of whether it's hydro or something else, it's going to be hard to buy a piece of exercise equipment for your family that doesn't work out your whole body. Consumers just didn't know, you know, everybody was familiar with bikes. It totally makes sense. Of course, it makes sense. Take an old machine, put a screen on it. It's awesome. That's great. And some movement is better than no movement. But as soon as you know, you know, you're making a choice for your half hour, your 20 minutes. And we have a real claim to say that we are actually like the, the best possible and most fun part of your day. And you actually, so new campaign, Hydro High, like it, it really captures, we hope that feeling and Kevin Hart, you know, leaned in hard on that creative campaign to say like, you got to communicate the benefit and it, you really feel great. So we have a claim to be the best part of millions of people's day. And we hope that they'll, you know, they'll feel better themselves. They'll be kinder to themselves and their family. They'll have more fun at work. When they go to sleep at night, they'll have a great sleep and, you know, it, everybody will benefit. Yeah, I think, you know, just the facts speak for themselves. You have raised over $200 million with Kevin Hart, not only as one of the lead investors, but also a creative director, as you said, and the content and the, and the immersive experience and being able to communicate that. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who's a friend, Justin yeah. Timberlake, you know, these people don't get involved, but you also won Time Magazine's Best Invention of 2020. And just so people know, 
because I'm in this business, 2020 was the year of inventions, right? If, if 2020 was a year of reflection, we knew that 2020 would be the year of invention. So, it, it, you know, it's not like the NCAA uh, this year, you know, it's not a down year on quarterbacks 2020. It, it, was more, it was more like when Dan Marino was coming out with the six best and you, you, Todd Blackledge, everybody thought would be the best, but, you know, they forgot about, you know, Jim Kelly, you know, all, all the six other great quarterbacks that were in that draft. So congratulations uh, for being uh, that unbelievable uh, icon, unicorn, uh, for the best invention. I'm a big fan before I met you and now I'm even a bigger fan that I know all the different things. And, you know, it's nice to see the original gladiator with all the great, uh, things you did on the water and you're helping other people experience and enjoy the benefits that you were able to, you know, create for yourself, uh, years ago. Uh, and hopefully you beat Harvard. So, uh, I will, uh, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, no, I think we're on track. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> awesome. You have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. We'll have you back, Bruce. Thank you very much. Yeah. Great to talk. Okay. Great talk. Bye bye. Dude, that's a great machine, by the way. I, you know, every third workout's rowing to me. So, uh, it, it's, uh, beautiful. Anyway, quick takeaway today. Cause I got training today. Believe it or not, we're doing Thanksgiving training today instead of Friday. And we'll do it on gratitude. There's a big surprise. We'll have some Q&A. Um, and so hopefully you'll be one of the over 50,000 people that are joining me every week for over 21 years. Thank you. I know uh, you do so much uh, for other people. I, I, you know, it's like it frustrates me with professional athletes that don't get credit for, you know, what they, they you know, away from their family and, and to help other people uh, because they are entertainers. And, you know, you're saving lives to, if anyone can imagine what it's like to be away immersed in whether military or Mike helping people recover 23 straight days, 24 hours a day uh, of helping someone. Uh, and you're here at five in the morning the next day, uh, California time. I just want to tell you, my friend, I blessed to meet thousands of people almost a day now and uh, your uh, family to me. So thank you. Thank you, brother. My takeaway is really simple. I loved um, what our first guest said about having the inspiration, but then going to the right people, knowing your right audience, right? So don't have the courage to have the inspiration to follow. Go to the right audience, know your audience, and then just be just work. Be committed like me. I get up there. I don't know what the job's going to be, but I just stick it out. And then somehow met, I didn't expect to be doing this for a living. That's the truth. My next drug addict, that was an actor. <laughs> I didn't yeah. have to be helping people. It's the truth. But, you know, just be committed to the work and take it day by day. Yeah. Mine, mine was abundance, you know, what held true with Bruce and Adam and t today with everyone on is not being afraid to sharing your idea. Like, don't, you know, that whole hugging your, in love with your product, hug your product. You know, that's not how we, you know, have a three-step process. Appreciate what you have. That means add value to it, this idea. Acknowledge it by giving the idea away. Like you said, go seek help, et cetera. But give the idea away. You acquire the knowledge of what you have by giving it away. Then you ask for help and for more. Appreciate, acknowledge, and ask. That's my takeaway for the day. Mikey D, it's Diamond and Dave. I'm living on his life fuel. That's why I look so good. It's great to have you back. I can't wait to give you a big hug when I get back to California. Until then, 
May you share an unbelievable holiday. I am grateful for you and your family. Send my love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Love you, Dave. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye, mate. Bye, mate. That's my boy, Mikey D. Check him out. It's uh, He has an incredible product, by the way. It is, I, I put it up there, but I'm on that stuff. And uh, it, it's a great uh, energy healing tool, Life Fuel. It really brings life uh, to its best. I want to thank all of our guests. Happy Thanksgiving. I want to shout out to Jake. Came on here a little bit later. Colleen, if you're still here, thank you. Blaine, Mikey, Keaton, and of course, Matthew for always being there and producing this show. I appreciate all of you. It does not go unnoticed. And uh, I appreciate all of you who watch this and listen to us. Uh, so don't be afraid of your bad idea. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Join me for training in about 15 minutes. We're going to do gratitude training. Friday training is on Wednesday. It's Thanksgiving training. Please join us. But most importantly, remember, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. We'll see you in 15 minutes. Bye.